Welcome to the Rehope Podcast. Before we dive into this week's message, we'd like to provide you with some helpful resources. If you'd like someone to pray for you, it would be our joy to connect with you. So please email us at prayer at rehope.co.uk. If you'd like to get connected with an online Bible read-through group from wherever you are in the world, you can email brt at rehope.co.uk and be a part of a small group of people reading through the Bible cover to cover each year. Finally, if you would like to support the work and ministry of Rehope financially, you can do so online at rehope.co.uk slash giving. We pray you find this message encouraging, enlightening, and helpful. Enjoy. You know what I want every time I go to church? I don't know if you've ever visited a church for the first time. You're like, yes, we've been here at least for the first time at one point in our lives. When I go to church, I very often am like, God, please speak to me. Or give me guidance today. Or I need this miracle. I, 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 would, you, would you answer this prayer? I don't know if you've ever been like that. Uh, but I, I know that there's people in this room tonight that would love some direct guidance from God about some questions that they have. I know that there's people here who are trying to make some decisions and would love God to speak into that tonight. I know there's people here who want a miracle. Who want God to invade in their complex situations, whether family situations or health situations, and, and, and want a miracle. I, I know that there's, there's people in this. That's why I start every time with a blessing, because I also want that for you. I want that breakthrough for you tonight, and so I bless you. I bless you now in the name of Jesus, that you would know Jesus more wonderfully tonight. I bless you to receive healing if you need healing in your body in your mind, in your emotions, in your spirit tonight. I bless you to receive whatever guidance from God you need tonight, whatever help from God you need immediately. I bless you to have the capacity and resilience to flourish and prevail over whatever challenges you're facing in your life right now. And I bless you to feel hope and joy and love and peace, whatever's going on. I bless you with that in the name of Jesus. May it be. Amen. Amen. All right, let's start with a picture. Wow. Wow. Psalm 19 begins like this. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the expanse proclaims the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour out speech. Night after night, they communicate knowledge. There's no speech. There are no words. Their voice is not heard. Their message has gone out to the whole earth. And their words to the ends of the world. How about another picture? Do you hear? Do do you hear the proclamation? Do Do you hear the declaration of the glory of God? Do you perceive it? I don't know, have you ever been in the middle of nowhere? Like away from, away from the city, away from light pollution on a, on a cloudless night and, and just looked up in the heavens and looked at the stars in, in just all of their splendor and magnificence, the stunning black and, and just the, the, the millions of stars that you see. And have you ever just looked at that and just been 
wowed, wowed and, and marveling by it all. I've been there. I know that many of you had too, where you've just been in awe of, of looking up in the sky and seeing all the magnificence of the, of the heavens. Why am I in awe? Because I am perceiving, because I'm perceiving something magnificent, because I'm perceiving something unfathomable. I, I'm perceiving a declaration of the glory of God. I'm witnessing a proclamation of the work of God's hands that, that God made it. And what I am seeing and what I'm perceiving as I stare into the heavens, it's vast. It's, va it's incredible. It's too much to wrap my mind around. The sun, the moon, the stars, the blackness of space pouring out speech. Pouring out speech, communicating knowledge. And this knowledge has gone out to the ends of the earth. How about another picture? Psalm 8, verse 3. When I observe your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you set in place, what is a human being that you remember him? A son of man that you look after him. Skipping down to verse 9. Yahweh, our Lord, how magnificent is your name throughout the earth. When David, when he looks at the, the, the heavens and he looks at the moon and, and the stars, it's like he gets it. He gets it. He perceives. He, he understands that God is so vastly incredible. He is so wow. There is something so big about God. He wonders how can a God who has made all this be aware of someone as tiny as me? How can he know? How can he even remember that I'm here in light of all of this vastness? of his creation, and yet, David knows very well God does know him. He knows him by name. He cares very much about him. We look at the heavens not to be daunted, but to be wowed by that God, the God who made all of this and yet loves you, knows you, called you by name, is very much paying attention in a good way for you. Wow. How about another picture? How about a reading from the New Testament? It's, got, it's a little bit dark at points, but it's, it's magnificent. Romans chapter 1. Verse 18 says, For God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and unrighteousness of people who, by their unrighteousness, suppress the truth. Since what can be known about God is evident among them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature have been 
clearly seen. Have been clearly seen since the creation of the world. Being understood through what he has made. As a result, Paul writes, people are without excuse. For though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or show gratitude. Instead, their thinking became worthless and their senseless hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. There's something about the heavens. There's something about the heavens in all its wonders that, that, that reveal plainly. The word here is clearly that revere clearly God, that reveal God clearly so much so and so clearly so that all humanity is without excuse. This, the heavens, should scream out to us, God is real and he is amazing. He is amazing. This should declare to us, God be praised. All credit, glory to God for who he is and, and what he has done. And yet, why is it or how is it, how is it that people can look at the heavens, how can they look at the heavens which are clearly showing God's eternality, his foreverness, and his divine uh, nature clearly declaring the glory of God? How can people look at the heavens, how can they look at the stars and not clearly see the truth that God is real, that he is eternally powerful and really is the one who created all things. How can they not see it? Well, the Bible tells us why they can't. The Bible tells us straight out it says that those people are suppressing the truth. What does that mean, to suppress the truth? That means that they are intentionally choosing to not see God when they look. They look at the heavens and they say, okay, I am not going to see God here, and so I'm going to come up with other explanations of what I see. But whatever I see, no matter how awesome it is, I am not going to see God. They're going to suppress it intentionally. Intentionally suppress the truth. And, and the Bible says, although they claim to be wise, they become fools because no matter how clever their thoughts are, if you take God out of the picture, if you take God out of creation, if you refuse to see and give credit to God in creation, we're missing this. Because all of this all, it only makes sense with God as eternal, all-powerful creator. We'll talk more about that in a moment. I'm going to shoot straight with you, though, before we go any further. This might be a hard truth for some of you to process, and some of you will just reject it the second I moment, but the second I say it. But we are not as brilliant as we think we are. What? What? We are not as brilliant as we think we are. And, and one of the great lies that we, we have come to believe that, I guess, in our pride, in our arrogance, is that our brains and our thinking, and our thoughts, and our logic, and our wisdom, and how we understand things, our thoughts are above, or our thoughts are more reliable, or our thoughts are more accurate than other things, including the Bible at times. 
When it comes to science and creation, here's my view. If it's true, it's true, right? If it's true, it's true, and no matter how brilliantly we can construct different theories or speculations, no matter how persuasive we might be or how persuaded we might be by other people's thoughts, or if it's not true, it's not true, even if it sounds good. Today, I want to look at the heavens. Today, I want to look at the science called astronomy, and I want to see what it is we are perce perceiving. But before we do that, though, I want to look and see what the Bible says about the origins of all of this. Uh, so let's start forward with the straightforward claim of the Bible. How did we get this? Genesis chapter 1. This is what we read in Genesis chapter 1. Starting in verse 14, it says, this is uh, day 4 of creation, by the way. It says, Then God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night. They will serve as signs for seasons and for days and years. They will, be, there will, they will be lights in the expanse of the sky to provide light on the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule over the day and the lesser light to rule over the night, as well as the stars. A mere throwaway comment, really. As well as the stars, by the way. God placed them in the expanse of the sky to provide light on the earth, to rule the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness, and God saw that it was good. Evening came, and then morning, the fourth day. So you've got this testimony in the Bible, that on, on day four of creation, the sun, the moon, have been created and become visible, not a very difficult scientific reality for God to create and for that to appear on the same day. The sun is only 8.3 light minutes, light minutes away from the earth. If God creates the sun on day four, eight minutes, 8.3 minutes later, the light is here, uh, creating the sun and the moon the same day, no problem. The challenge when it comes to looking at creation on day four is the stars. The stars. Let me show you a picture. Here, it, this is Alpha Centauri. It's a, it's a um, triple star system. The closest star to Earth is Alpha Centauri C, which you can't see with, with the naked eye. In fact, you can probably hardly see it in there. It's circled with a red little circle. It's very difficult to, to perceive, even on this highly zoomed-in thing. The closest star, Alpha Centauri C, is 4.24 light years away, or 4.24 Six five light years away. How far is a light year? A light year is the distance light travels in one year. It takes one year uh, for that to travel, and that's five point eight eight trillion miles. Uh, just say for fun fact there. Completely un un unimportant. All right. So closest star. The closest visible star is actually a binary, two stars, Alpha Centauri A and B. You can see them in this picture separated, but to us on Earth, if you're looking up there, it's going to look like one star, and it's going to look like the third brightest star in the, the, the sky. And the closest visible star is 4.37 light years away. 4.37, which means it takes four years, 4.37 years for the light of that star to, to reach Earth. And that's the closest one. You know what the furthest one is? NASA, in March of this year, they announced that the Hubble Space Telescope has discovered a new record-breaking furthest solo star distance. Okay, you get it. 12 
12.9 billion light years away. Bravo, star. 12.9 billion light years away. They named it Arendelle, Old English meaning morning star. Okay. We have a problem, friends. If... If I believe God created the sun, moon, and stars on day four of creation, according to the genealogy records of the Bible, 6,027 years ago, I have a problem because of light speed. What's my problem? The problem is how can I see any star that is further than 6,027 light years away? I mean, let's say God created a star that's 7,000 light years away. I shouldn't yet be able to see it if he created that star on day four of creation. The light of that star hasn't reached here yet. I shouldn't be able to, to see it. And that's, that's 7,000, let alone 12.9 billion light years away, right? So when the Bible says that God created the stars on day four, what does that mean? What do you think that means? Actually, it doesn't matter what you think it means. It doesn't matter what I think it means. What is true is what we want to know. We kind of have three options here when it comes to this. Option number one, when it says God created stars on day four, that means maybe, maybe, one, that stars were created out there on day four and then came visible, became visible to us over time as the light reached earth. Now, I don't think that's true, and we pretty much know that's not true because we can see things that are 13.8 billion light years away. So, so that's, that's probably not true, but that's one option that when it says God created something on day four, he created it out there, and eventually the light got here. One option. Not a good one. Don't like it. It doesn't work. Option two. Maybe God created the star out there and at the same time created the light beam connecting here to there. And so he created the star and the light beam, so it, it was created and appeared at the same time on day four. That used to be the favorite explanation of creation scientists, made a lot of sense, but the problem is lies and fake history, meaning we can see things happening to stars more than 7,000 light years away, you know, like smashing together or... Or, for, or blowing up, or I don't know what we see. We see dancing. I don't know what we're seeing. Like, things are happening out there, and if it's over, let's say, 7,000 years old, then what we are seeing never actually happened. If it was created in the light, we'd be seeing fake history. We'd be seeing lies. It'd be very entertaining, but it would be, it would be not true. I don't feel comfortable with fake history in that regard. Maybe you do. I, I don't quite feel comfortable with that. Another option is that maybe God created them in the ancient, ancient past, and he made it just so that they would appear to us, that they would appear on day four of creation. The Bible's clear that they weren't visible on day three. What's there? Trees. Yeah, trees. The trees didn't see them, uh, but they were available, they were uh, visible on, on day four. So they were created way, way, maybe 13 point, some billion, 12.9 billion years ago or whatever, and then the light finally reached it. I, I don't like that one either. Friends, we have a massive mystery when it comes to the stars. Such a simple sentence, or partial sentence in the Bible, and the stars as well, right? We have a mystery, though, a mystery connected to the speed of light. 
We have a massive speed of light problems, and, and I don't like any of the answers. And unless we can break the laws of science when it comes to light speed, which is scientifically impossible, so don't get your hopes up there, we've got a mystery here. We've got a mystery here. When it comes to the stars and, and this idea of God creating the heavens and the earth in seven, uh, in seven days, 6,027 years ago, at this point, I just throw my hands up in the air. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how this works. It is a real mystery to me. So maybe, maybe there are better answers out there with other theories. Maybe. Maybe there's other theories like the, the, the origins of the universe beginning 13.7 billion years ago, starting with a big bang, and, and, especially when it comes to the stars. Maybe, maybe we'll find some better answers, at least ones that work better with the science. Let's see if there's something better here and see if the science can fix our light speed issue. Uh, big bang. What is the big bang? Well, here's an article from space.com from January 10th this year by astrophysicist Andrew May, Ph.D., and Elizabeth Howell, this is what they, how they talk through the, the, the theory. They say this, around 13.7 billion years ago, everything in the entire universe was condensed in an infinitesimally small singularity, a point of infinite denseness and heat. Suddenly, an explosive expansion began, not an explosion, an explosive expansion began, ballooning our universe outwards faster than the speed of light. This was a period of cosmic inflation that lasted mere fractions of a second. When cosmic inflation came to a sudden and still mysterious end, no idea how it ended, the more classic descriptions of the Big Bang took hold. A flood of matter and radiation known as reheating began populating our universe with stuff that we know today, particles, atoms, and stuff that would become stars and galaxies and so on. This all happened within just the first second after the universe began, when the temperature of everything was still insanely hot at about 10 billion degrees Fahrenheit, 5.5 billion Celsius, if that helps us at all, it does not, according to NASA. I mean, that, that's a lot of words, but, but basically our whole universe was in a hot, dense state. Then, then nearly 14 billion years ago, expansion started. Wait. Wait, how did, why did, why expansion? Why did expansion start? Why, why did it start? I don't know. I don't know. But suddenly, for no known reason, according to this theory, things expanded faster than the speed of light. Now, I know that that's scientifically impossible. You know that that is scientifically impossible. We rejected faster than light speed when we were looking at creation, but in order for the Big Bang Theory to work at several points, you're going to see it has to breach what we know is scientifically possible. This is impossible. And the first is it has to expand faster than the speed of light at first, but it gets worse. And that's not the hardest bit. Because then suddenly, for no known reason that we can scientifically come up with, what did they say? A still mysterious end. For, for no known reason that we can come up with, expansion stopped, or at least mostly stopped. How did it stop? What is out there in outer space that is taking something, expanding faster than light speed, and then suddenly stopping it? 
or nearly stopping it. What, what does it? There's, there's zero observable science to explain any of this stuff. It, that doesn't happen, by the way, in outer space. You, you know, you've seen the movies. Things just don't just stop out there. And they might say, well, maybe there's something invisible out there that we can't see. That, that's invisible and, and we don't, maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's out there and, and it's, it's causing things to be different and explaining things that doesn't make sense. But, but thus far, we're, we just see scientists making up theories after making up theories to try and patch holes and fix things uh, in this theory because it's not, it's not working. Why are things nearly stopping for no known reason? I don't know. It's another scientific impossibility thus far, but, but that's not it. Let's keep going. There's another issue that requires another scientific impossibility, and it has to do, if you're going to research this, please do, it's called the horizon problem, and it has to do with heat. It has to do with heat. There's a problem with heat. Heat, the fastest heat can travel is light speed via radiation, fact. But when we look at the heavens and we, we, we look at the temperatures throughout the, the, the universe, we, we have a problem because in order for the heat to have dispersed so evenly in every direction, it would have had to travel faster than light speed to, to do this, based on what we, how we understand things in the theory of the Big Bang. It would have, again, we have a light speed problem again. Now, now friends, these three, uh, scientifically speaking, impossibilities, I think of them as deal breakers or theory wreckers. Too much known science that, that uh, has, to be, has to be broken for this stuff to, to be working. Our current theories, when it comes to the Big Bang, they just, they're scientifically impossible. It's too many layers here. Uh, maybe you think that, big, of course, the Big Bang Theory, it, it kind of works a little bit. It explains some things. Well, it's got some serious, serious problems that, that defy science. Now, I hope you also see something pretty fun here. That every theory of the origins of, of the universe has a light speed problem. Genesis chapter 1 has a light speed problem. The Big Bang Theory has a couple light speed problems. Every m physics model... Uh, uh, other proposition of the origins of the universe also keep having light speed problems. And, and I think of, of this, the study of space, astronomy, I think of it as a very young science. I think in the next 20 years, we're going to get some amazing answers. That there's going to be a lot more discoveries uh, made, and, and maybe we'll figure out that gravity has to do with how light speed issues because gravity affects time and time's connected to speed and, and all this. Kind of, maybe they'll come up with some great solutions um, to, to some of these, these challenges. But it doesn't bother me that we don't have enough facts to figure this out yet. Shouldn't bother anybody. As long as we keep learning and keep, keep investigating. But, but current, the current theories are, as they sit now, they're, they're deeply flawed. And, and the, patch, the patches to try and get things together, like, hmm dark energy or whatever, they, they, are, they're just, they just seem desperate and, and fictional, just trying to patch things together. Now, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not knocking science at all. I love science. But when it comes to the Bible, I don't see a theory out there. I don't see a theory out there for the origins of the universe that is so scientifically solid that I'm willing to abdicate now the straightforward reading of the Bible based on 
that theory or those theories out there. As I find those theories so deeply flawed and even fatally flawed, requiring scientific impossibilities, I'm not willing to abdicate what I know and love about the Bible based on those theories. But none of this that I'm talking about is even my biggest issue when it comes to astronomy and space. What's my biggest issue? Origins. In the beginning, what? Now, that's, that's, that's kind of a tricky question because there is no beginning. <laughs> but in the beginning, what? How about a picture here? When it comes to all of this, what do you believe? Do you believe, well, you've got two possibilities. One, if you go back for forever, which is a long time, forever, forever, forever. If you go back to forever, was there nothing? And then there was nothing and nothing and nothing. And then there was something, everything. Or do you believe that there's always been something? What do you believe? What do you believe? When you go back before the Big Bang, like, let's say you go back to the Big Bang not that long ago, you know, a couple billion years ago. Go back, let's go back like a couple gazillion years beyond that. Beyond, way back there, way back there. What do you think it was forever behind, behind that? Do you think that there was nothing? And then there, eventually there was something? No, you probably don't think that because that's impossible. If you don't, I think all of us would be like, yeah, that, that just can't happen. You can't have nothing, like forever, nothing, and then something. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. I think most of us then find ourselves having to look at the other possibility where there has always existed something. There's always existed something, but if you're a secular science uh, scientists, the, or, the origins of everything are, are quite a challenge, especially if you don't believe in God, and, and if you, you live your life needing and demanding the scientific laws of nature to be the only explanation for everything. You, you have a, a big problem when you want to claim that for forever something has always ex has existed. And what is that challenge? The second law of thermodynamics. Thank you, person who didn't say it. Matter and energy... This is scientific. You know this stuff. Matter and energy deteriorate, deteriorate gradually over time. Fact. You can't get past that. If stuff has lasted for forever, forever, forever ago, it would have worn out. Fact. I mean, you, you know this stuff. You've heard this stuff. The universe is constantly losing usable energy and never gaining. Never gaining. Forever is, it's, it's forever. It's like infinity. Scientifically speaking, if you want to hold only to the, the known laws of science, all the stuff that we see had to have a beginning because it's winding down. It's wearing out. It can't have always been la existing like this. So we find ourselves stuck as scientists. Either there was nothing and then there was something now, which is impossible, or stuff has always existed and slowly been wearing out for forever, which is also impossible. Where did this come from? Well, the Bible has a very interesting claim. In fact, it, the Bible makes a claim that one is 
that, that is actually scientifically essential. Scientifically essential. This is the claim of the Bible. That God exists and he has always existed for forever. That God has always, always existed. He's eternal and unchanging. He has never changed. He has never decreased. He has never changed at all. Scientifically speaking, for anything to have existed, something out there needs to be, scientifically speaking, eternal and unchanging. That's a fact. That is the need out there. And that eternal, unchanging thing has to be the one responsible for everything that we now see that is currently winding down. I believe that you look at the heavens. The heavens declare God is real, God is here, God is wow, God is eternal, that they're proclaiming, this is made. This is made. I believe day after day, night after night, they are telling us the truth that the only legitimate explanation of all of this is in the beginning, the eternal and never changing God created it all. And his invisible attributes, his eternal power, his divine Nature are clearly seen when contemplating all of this. In this series, in this series as we've been looking through creation and talking about different fields of science, I've been trying to highlight some huge flags. And, and I know that, that some, some of you have, have said, Brian, you're cherry picking. You're cherry picking out of the science. Of course I am. That is exactly what I am doing. Yes, I am cherry picking out of the science. I have about 10 minutes to deal with massive scientific fields in, in all of this. Of course I am. And what am I cherry picking out? I'm cherry picking out of these fields of science things that I want you to look at again. Because a lot of the science just kind of works together. You know, like 80% of it works, 90% of it kind of works. And so we just kind of roll with these theories and stuff because it generally works together. But I want to remind you that it doesn't all work. That there are things that I want you to remember that are, that are challenging the fact that actually it falls apart. Well, let's just ignore this bit that's causing it to fall apart. You can't ignore this bit. It's there. It's there. And so, yes, I, I, I am trying to identify things that I view are game changers when it comes to the, the, the scientific fields that we've been, we've been looking for the last couple years. Origin stuff, I think it's a big deal. How do we get from no life to life like we talked about last week? I think that's essential, a big question. I think that there's deal breakers here that I try and keep highlighting. But my challenge to all of you, and again, I know that, that there are people in this room who have been studying science all their lives. And, and there, are, there are people who teach science. My challenge to all of you, if you are a scientist, if you are a teacher of science, or if you're convinced that science has proven the straightforward reading of the Bible to not be true, if you're convinced of that by the science, my, my, my challenge for you is this one thing. For the sake of intellectual integrity and honesty, read one book. 
You can do that. Read one book. That's all I'm asking. Uh, the challenge is read one book by a scientist championing young earth creation view and the science behind it. I started to work on a book list, but I, instead, um, you, can, you can find which one looks good to you. Search the books on isgenesishistory.com, creation.com, answersingenesis.org, and buy the book that is most connected with why you struggle believing the straightforward testimony of the Bible is trustworthy. Is it, is it evolutionary biology? Is that, is that your, your challenge? Read it from a creation standpoint. Is it, is it geology? Read about that from a creation standpoint. Is your field physics or astronomy? Read about it. Read about it. Just That's okay. I, I, what's my field? Jesus. No. I mean, yeah. Um, Bible is what I was going to say. Bible. I read books that are being read in Princeton and Harvard and Yale and Cambridge that are trying to convince the students there that the Bible's not true, people that I don't agree with, it's my field. Of, I'm not afraid to read people that I disagree with. It, it, I think that this is, this is important. If you generally believe that science proves the Bible wrong, just read one book by a young earth creationist and hear what they have to say. They're going to do a better job than I have. I think you owe it to your mind. If you're going to say you trust the science over the Bible as written, just read a book, one book. I believe the heavens declare the glory of God. And the, the expanse proclaims the work of his hands. I believe the invisible reality of the eternal God can be clearly seen by looking at all this all. I hope you can too. God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, the one who has made all things and yet does not let my foot slip, the God of the Bible who does not slumber nor sleep, I thank you for your love and your attentiveness to each one of us. Open our eyes. So that we can see and marvel and rejoice and cherish at how glorious you are revealed to be through what you've made. You are amazing. And I am wowed by, by all that you've done. Continue to, to help us to respond rightly to your creation in worshiping you, creator of all things. We love you. Help us in Jesus' name. Amen.